Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Good evening, Razorback fans. Welcome to the one, the only Hog Talk podcast. We come to you live from the Electrical Supply Guys studios. We are part of the Believe and Buzz radio networks, where you can hear us on all podcast platforms, as well as Buzz to 106.7 in Central Arkansas. So please like, rate, review our podcast. And I'm your host, Porter Hayes of Sports and Culture Arkansas. And with me is Jacob Davis from Arkansas Fight and Saturday Down South. All live shows are presented by Arkansas Brewing Company in beautiful downtown Ozark. And always, we are presented to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all favorite sports contests and events with the first to market odds and lines, fine reviews, and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. So head on over to Bet Online to use your mobile device and join today and make your first sport bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, B L E A V 50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online is where the game starts and. The game kind of ended not uh, so favorable for Arkansas in a heartbreaking way. Um, the field goal that hit the top of the upright. And what was crazy is people even thought that this was the, you know, they have never seen this before, but it actually happened two weeks prior, Wyoming. It was a Wyoming game. I don't know who they were playing, but the exact same thing happened. Kick the field goal, hit the top of the upright, and miss. So, Jacob, um, so 23-21 was the final score. Um, a lot of people scratching their heads, a lot of questions, a lot of uh, things that went wrong. So, I mean, what was your overall take of the game? Man, there's a lot of takes. I mean, there's a lot of good takes. There's a lot of bad takes after this game. Uh, Arkansas lost this one straight up, and – they had momentum through the first quarter, and they played like mad men through the first what uh, twenty minutes of this ball game, uh, and and they lost it, man. They lost it after that uh, KJ fumble. They lost all the momentum, and Texas A&M scores that twenty uh, was it twenty three unanswered, and Arkansas just couldn't respond after that. And uh, they did respond in the fourth quarter, and and look that that loss was not on Cam Little, and I said that on Twitter and on Facebook last night. You cannot blame Cam Little for this loss, and Jaden Hazelwood said it best. He went over there after the game, after he missed that kick, pushed his head up. He said, keep your head up. This loss is not on you. This loss was made on on a lot of things, and it was not on you. And He should have never been put into that position is what Jaden Hazelwood said. And that is a team captain coming to the aid of a guy that was on the sidelines completely embarrassed for for that uh, kick and that, that missed field goal. And that's something, honestly, I didn't know that that uh, happened against Wyoming last week. But, man, that's something as a Razorback fan and, uh, and Razorback media that I don't think I've seen an ending in an Arkansas Razorback game like that before. But, yeah, there was a lot of things last, uh, last night or Saturday night that went down that, honestly, man, there was that, that fumble. There was play calling where you're running it down their throat 10 to 12 yards at a time, and then you pass three straight incompletions. And there was just a lot of opportunities in this game that were missed for the Razorbacks. But this Razorback team's a good one, Porter. And, and I, I really believe what, uh, what Pittman said. This will be my final point to open up, is this, this team is a good team. They're a resilient group, and we've seen it all season long. And, man, I – I hate that they lost this game last night, but man, they are they are in a much better spot because they came into the game expecting to win, and that's how fans are too. Sam Pittman has raised the uh, raised the uh, point and the mark for this program. Uh, they expect to win and not hope to win anymore. That there was a, a couple of things that weren't mentioned. Of course, we want to throw the blame at you know. Cam Little or, or whatever, yeah. and the fumble. Okay. No. Leading up to that drive, it seemed to me like they wanted to settle for the field goal. And when mm-hmm. you put yourself in a position where you're trying, you're, you're trying not to lose, and we've said this many, many times before, 
when you get out of outside of your offensive plan, when you're trying not to lose, when you're settling for a field goal to win, that was not. I mean, I think in, if you're trying to do that, get five, ten yards within your field goal range. When you are right at the cusp of your field goal range and you're running the ball just to try to get in position to kick that field goal, you're you're really putting a lot of pressure on him to make that kick. That that to me one play calling was huge. Then then KJ's not just his fumble. Two things. He was five six yards out when he went to jump. But yeah. this is the biggest key that nobody has mentioned. It was first down. Yeah. If it was third down, and then you're trying to get that to you know not settle for a field goal, or if it was fourth down, I can see it. But you cannot make that play on first down. You know. And, and that's what we I said prior to the season when it comes to KJ and his decision-making. If you want to be considered a top three quarterback in this league, you can't make decisions. You've got to, you've got to check and read your defense. Yeah. And, and when you're trying to do that type of play on first down, if you read that they're coming up, just, just I mean, a one-yard loss is even better than what happened because you still have second, third, and fourth down to convert – you and and then the point of the game, you're up fourteen seven. I mean, you could go up twenty one seven, and I mean, put the game away or, or put it in control. And instead of it, it was a fourteen point swing, because then instead yeah. of it being twenty one seven, it's fourteen up, and that was a huge gut punch. They tried to recover, but they just could not um, come back from that. And and then of course. The only question I have about that, and we talked before we went on air, is just when I believe it, Sanders had him stopped, and he the guy just kind of took the ball away from the runner and then running out. I mean, that was an iffy play to where it could have been 50-50, and I talked to Kevin Bohannon, our, our official and, and baseball guru, um, last night when I seen the replay, and they said it can't, you know, it's – his forward progress wasn't deemed to be stopped. So, I mean, you couldn't overturn it or anything. But to me, it looked iffy. I mean, it wasn't like blatant. He was definitely stopped. But to me, if, if, if that would have been Arkansas running the ball and done that, say, against Alabama, I think they would have called the play dead. I mean, that's just my opinion. We know how the bias goes, but I think that would happen. But just what are your thoughts on those topics and, and about, you know, the first down, you know, the, the stop, and then, of course, what a lot of the play calling questions that, that have been going on. Yep. And I'm going to say this first. I love K.J. Jefferson. I love what he is as a Razorback quarterback. The, the first thing, and I'm not trying to be negative. I'm not trying to put the guy down. But as a redshirt junior, you're fourth year in the program. You're a second-year starting quarterback. When you're at the five-yard line, you have to be aware of not only you're down, but you got to be aware of where you're at on the field. And if that was the call, then that's on Browse. But you've got to know where you're at on the field at all times, Porter. And and that is that is winning football or losing football. Yeah, is when you're uh, when you're when you're not knowing where you're at on the field. And first, being on first down and going and diving from the five yard line is absolutely an atrocious style of. <laughs> what are you thinking? Yeah, like I don't, I don't even know. Like that's something that I wouldn't even think about if I'm trying to play in Madden or NCAA football. That's just part of it, man, and and it stinks. And I hate that uh, we had to see that. And and I do agree that at the time I, I looked down at my phone because I thought, oh yeah, okay, the fumble, the play stopped. And I look back up and I hear this cheering going down the sidelines. I'm thinking, what in the world is going on? And and the guy that had the ball didn't even have the ball. He was going downfield. Uh, he had tossed the ball to the guy, or not tossed it. The guy took it away from him, and and the A and M player went straight down the field. Nobody was going after him except uh, Rocket Sanders and Keytron Jackson. But there was that play. Uh, There's a couple of other uh, drives where they had the Malik Horns. They gave the ball to Malik Horns on three straight plays when Dominique Johnson was getting 10 to 12 yards per carry on the drive. And you cross midfield, and you try to get cute with Malik Hornsby. And I, I don't know if you're trying to, uh, to, to try to put a different dimension or whatever it is as part of the offense. 
But when that that's good to do when you're up ten or seventeen points. You're you're trying to wheel your way back into a game and try to get the momentum back, and you're going ten or twelve yards at a time with Dominique Johnson. You keep hammering the ball. You you keep running up the gut because Texas A&M wasn't stopping them at that point. And then you go and get cute, and they kick it away. And then another, and then the final part was uh, Hazelwood uh, on that drop pass. There was three straight completions or three straight incompletions after uh, after running. And again, once you get to the fifty, and the whole play calling changes. And and I love Browse, and I like what he's done as far as our offensive coordinator because he puts up points and he puts up yardage. But there's just some questionable things that go on. Uh, throughout the game, the course of the game, that kind of kills drives in Arkansas. Again, like just like against Missouri State, just like against South Carolina and Cincinnati, they keep leaving points on the field because of play calling. You ruin your mojo. Yeah, and, and I and then here's the thing: you can't defend it, but it, it's almost like a 50-50-60-40 of execution and play calling. You know, he does yeah. call the plays, but you know that. But that's where KJ comes in and. You know, you got to be that leader. Somebody, you know, check out of it or or call a timeout. Something right. to – if something don't look right, or even if you've got somebody in the booth that's looking down, hey, something don't look right here. I mean, there's a lot of things that goes into when – especially a game like this, you knew it was going to be a hard-fought battle. They've always played Absolutely. close. I mean, I my score prediction was 34-20 because I thought with how well they've been running the ball – and they there for I mean for the most part they just shut down Dominic Johnson and I'm telling you that if this is a recipe for what other teams are going to start doing successfully if we take out Dominic or Raheem Rocket Sanders sorry if we take out Sanders and you yeah. limit him now that you know how much of that offense it's almost like last year if you took away Burks how much of that offense did you take away. So now they bottled up Sanders for the most part, and then what does that do to the offense this year? And 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 another thing, this is the biggest thing. We'll move on. Is you got to get over it now. There, there, there's no 24, 48 hour because you got Bama coming up. You cannot. I mean, it, to me, it was like the post game reaction. I understand how the fans were feeling and the players were feeling, but man, it was almost like they were that heard it's like they gave up like it was this they felt like the season was over like it, it's not it's far from over no even if you lose to Alabama and play them close and then you finish out the year and maybe you lose one more that's three losses that's not that bad of a year you know it's not over you're still nine and three or nine and four you know if if you say you get beat by Bama and then you roll off a bunch of wins and you pull it out and you only have two losses in the SEC. That's not a bad year. I just didn't like like the overreaction of. I mean, I got it, but yet I didn't understand it because it's almost like you're you you got to suck it up because Bama's coming. I seen dejection, yeah. and I seen emotions that it would be hard to get over in a day. If that makes any sense at all, when it when it comes to just how hard some of these people were taking it. And again, it's it's like you said with the Hornsby thing. It's just you you put him in, and they, they know. I mean, it's almost like they knew he was going. The ball was going to him. That's where if you're going to use him, you've got to use him to where as either a decoy or you got to mix it up. You can't just put him yeah. in and then be like, well, we know the ball's going to him. Well, there it is to him. You know, three and straight it was three straight plays, plays. Yeah. and you just you can't do you that. You knew it was coming. No, and 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 then you have the uh, double pass to uh, Jaden Hazelwood. They sniffed that out like they knew it was coming. Has a double pass ever worked for it for Browse? One time, okay. Uh, uh, Warren Thompson to to Burks last year against Ole Miss. It okay, worked. that's the only time. I didn't know. That's I it. mean, that's what I was saying because I mean, there's been so many times where it's failed. So I mean, I'd like to know the percentage of. But but Browse hasn't done that all year long. He has been pretty conservative on on yeah. those uh, cute plays this season. Why, man? When you're when you're down just eleven, just drive the football, man. And and that's what kind of irritates me is because you knew Arkansas, whether they had the better team or not, they outplayed Texas A&M for half the game. And A&M, they took the momentum off that fumble. 
Arkansas, when, when they have momentum, they are hard to stop when you're going downhill. you got the offensive line in motion. You've got the, uh, the running backs running hard. You've got KJ uh, in a flow, and then you take it right out of their hands. And it's just – it's frustrating to watch whether you're in the media or as a fan because you know it, it's, it's so predictable when you put those, those gadget plays in there because the defense is going to snuff it out every single time. Just – I don't know what happened to the days of just going out there and, and continue. If you can't beat them, if you can't beat what the Arkansas uh, Hogs are doing out there, then just keep running it. Yeah. And just running and running. I don't, I don't understand why you have to mix it up. It, uh, I, I, I can't remember which Cincinnati guy we – it was either Chad or Justin. And I want to think it was Chad when we had Chad on, and he said that – he was hoping, and I, I think it was Chad because he was our first one we had on for the Cincinnati game. He said the key that he thought that Cincinnati had a chance to beat Arkansas is to get them out of their rhythm. Get them out of what – and I think when that fumble happened and when all that happened, you got Arkansas out of their rhythm. And then, of course, it's like – so here again, it, I mean, this is – from what i seen from the coaching and the execution, this is a good team. They are, they're not a great team. They're a good team because you got hit in the mouth, you got a curveball thrown at you, and you could not recover. That's a sign of a good team. A great team would have bounced back. Okay, they scored. It's evened up. 14 all. Let's go. But they just could not recover. So I'm interested to see how this all plays out against Bama coming in. I mean, I don't think they're going to get blown out. I mean, I don't – I don't unless they just – Come out and just dejected. I mean, unless yeah. they just come out and the fans are dejected and say 10, 15,000 less fans show up now because of they feel like the season's over. I'll tell you what, you, you, you know, as much as the fans show up and show out when it comes to winning, 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 I, I think they need to show up and show out more than ever this week, not only just because it's Bama, yeah. to be like, hey, all right, practice what you preach. You talk about Sam Pittman and how great of a coach he is and how great all what he's done. Just because they lose don't mean you got to fall off on him. Show right. up. Absolutely. You know, show up to the stadium. Show up and, and cheer for the team. Even, like I said, even if and, – and how many teams in the regular season has said they've beat Bama? So it's not like it's going to be this huge deal if you drop two in a row because the second loss is to Bama. But you've got to know that you take your losses and roll with the punches because, it's, again, again – it's not getting any easier. This is the SEC, yeah. and you want to be a top three program in the SEC. If you want to bounce back and show people that that was a fluke, just like Texas A&M game against App State, and they come around and hit you in the mouth, the App State game was their fluke. You know, you yeah. got to come in and show them that, all right, we're still going to come back and we're going to compete. Do it for the yeah. fans. Do it for the coaches. But do it for the guys, the ones that have been there from the beginning, they've been in the two and ten seasons. They've been in the three and seven seasons. They got to the yep. nine and four last year. Let's do it again. So I mean, it, it's too early in the season to sit there and hang it up. No, and and they didn't hang it up last year, especially with the fans when they lost to Georgia. Was it thirty eight to nothing last year? And then you lost to Ole Miss, and then you lost to Auburn in three straight weeks. Man, look at it this way. And fans, I want to I want to challenge y'all because. Because this team needs you, and and I I read I read what uh, Pittman said after the post uh, after the post or after the game last night, and during his post game presser, he says we've got Alabama coming up, and there's going to be a sold out house. They're going to be all wearing red, and they're all going to be there cheering, uh, spending their hard uh, hard earned money to come see us play. They're not going to come in there with a team that's unprepared and a team that's uh, going to lay down and, and not fight. And and that's paraphrasing there. But Sam Pittman's going to have his guys ready. The game is going to be at home. And I believe that the home field advantage, just like last year with uh, Texas A&M playing Alabama, and, and these are two separate teams. Arkansas is a talented team. They've got a pass rush. They can, they're going to be able to get after Bryce Young. Uh, Alabama, they've they've not necessarily been able to stop the run this season either, uh, in, in certain uh, certain against certain teams, and they haven't played the best competition this year, but they have struggled to stop the run. Um, 
and then their uh, wide receivers, they haven't been able to get open very much, kind of similar to what A&M struggled with earlier this season. But, man, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of positives you can take out of this team, uh, whether it's just the pass rush, whether it's the run game. And, and K.J. Jefferson, uh, if he can stop turning the ball over at certain points and crucial points in the game, Arkansas has got a chance to go into Fayetteville this weekend at home and strike an upset, and it's not far-fetched either because Arkansas is still a good team. They're a resilient bunch. We've seen that all year long. We've seen it every single game in the Sam Pittman era that these guys are resilient and they answer to coaching, and they they can bring that intensity, and they've got to bring that intensity for four quarters next weekend quarter, or or it's his, you can't just skip two quarters against uh, Alabama and expect to be in it in the fourth quarter going into it. I don't think they're going to get blown out either. But you've got to play a whole game. Well, and that and that's what, game. you know, after the Missouri State game, I told you. I said you couldn't have that same type of performance against A&M because look no. what happened. You, you can't dig did. yourself in a hole. They dug themselves in yeah. a hole against A&M. They couldn't come out of it. What you yeah. can't have against Alabama is that Georgia performance from last year where before you blink, before you get the popcorn ready, before you make your tacos, it's 21 nothing. You, you cannot yeah. have that. And what is in Arkansas's favor, just like Texas A&M plays their hardest against Arkansas, and whether you want to call it a rivalry or not, Arkansas always plays up for Bama. They always do yep. give them their best shot. And Bama doesn't have the same team as they did last year. But they're going to have to play their best game. But look at the craziness that happened in college football this week with Texas and OU. Um, I'm missing, uh, you know, Florida beat 10 or was it Tennessee beat Florida? Tennessee beat Florida. You know, just yep. the game. I mean, look at Georgia giving up 22 points to Kent State. I know they had turnovers, but just all the craziness that had that happened in college football this year, even my team, you know, going to overtime against Wake Forest, I mean, 51-45. There was a lot of crazy games, and we always have those in, like, November, late October, November. So it was crazy to at the end of September have a week like that. So – then you again. I go back to the Texas A&M App State, and then of course with Arkansas, Missouri State, and then this game. I mean, they can come back and bounce back. It's yeah. just will they? That that's going to be right. the biggest question. How will they respond? Yeah, and and how? I mean, will KJ? Like I said earlier, can he put away those uh, those fumbles, man? Those miscues. Can Arkansas keep the bad snaps from happening? Uh, being able to stay stay along in the script, uh, playing within themselves, within the system, I think Arkansas will be able to at least hold their own against Alabama. I think, and, and I shouldn't say it like that because well, last year, man, they went into Tuscaloosa and, and came within seven points of beating them last year. They're, I mean, they were close, man. And they were down six at, uh, after, yeah, after that uh, fake uh, fake field goal. I mean, they they were close, man. And and I want to see it as bad as anybody because look, it's been years. It's been since 2006 that Arkansas beat Alabama. And yeah, that was again. That was before Saban came along. And it's been a long, long time. I mean, you go back to the 2007 game, and you're just right there. The first year under Saban. And you you generate a twenty one point comeback, uh, and then in two thousand ten with a, with the red out in Fayetteville, and and you're up seventeen to seven. Then Bobby Petrino goes uh, uh, he goes so conservative that it almost killed me. And then you think about the two thousand fourteen one point loss in Brett Bielema's second year, and Arkansas was out to prove things. And and yeah, Arkansas had just come off a loss to A and M. Uh, the week before uh, in a heartbreaking style. Uh, will Arkansas be able to answer uh, that kind of way? And Sam Pittman was on that staff in that game. So, Porter, there's there's a lot of correlations between the, uh, you know, between those two games, the 2014 game and this year's game. Well, they are having uh, a red out again. I've I seen that on social yeah. media where they're doing the red out again. Um, Which would be cool. And they missed the whole, you know, and that was the thing that really, I think that's what stung with the fans is they wanted game day. You know, the fans deserved game yeah. day, and, and they knew how close they were, which, hey, I'm kind of glad because I get game day now, so it's going to be kind of cool. You know, they're going to go to uh, Clemson now and, and for the NC State game. Yeah. 
But this comment right here concerns me and wide receiver hasn't separated himself yet four games in. I kind of have to disagree with that because Hazelwood has has on two levels. He's, he's separated himself as that guy you can count on. Yeah, he might not have had a good game against A&M, but what he did, you know, with when it come to Cam Little and that leadership deal, hey, hold your head up, guy. You know, that's coming from a transfer. That's coming from a guy who transferred him from another school. He's not a four-year senior that's been through the program. So to see that out of a transfer from the portal shows his character. But he has, when it comes to who separated himself of who I see as that guy, that's the guy that I want to go to on a third down. That's that one guy if I want to go for a, a, a long shot to break a game open or to tie it up. That's who I want to go to. So I just wanted to point it out. You know, Adam's been commenting throughout the show. Devin has too. I mean, we appreciate all the comments. We love the feedback. We've actually, you know, there was a lot of people, you know, that was upset about the rankings, the the how far um, Arkansas dropped, which we will get into that after the break. We got a couple of minutes before our break, but that is something we'll definitely touch on to start the second segment. But I have a few thoughts. Jacob has his thoughts. But just before we lead into the break, I mean, when, when it comes to this Bama game, you almost got to make it a clean slate. You got to totally just put this uh, – other than, all right, the learning aspects of what you did wrong in film and making yourself better for this week. That's the, that, that is the only correlation of what you take – that baggage, I should say, into next week is what can I do to make myself better? What can I do in film? What do I see them doing where I can now, okay, I can make a difference? That's what you got to do because you can't leave anything into a team like Alabama. I mean, that's, just, that's who they are, Alabama, Georgia. You cannot take any of this baggage because – We've seen what one mental lapse does on a, on a first and ten leaping four or five yards out. Maybe he thought he was closer to the end zone than he did. But, again, when I was talking about when I was getting on Hudson Clark, when he had that mental lapse, we got to get on KJ the same way. Because if this would have been Hudson Clark doing something on the defensive side and let a Texas A&M get, defender get behind him, they would be roasting him. I mean, they would absolutely yeah. be roasting him. So, just because it's on the offensive side of the ball and just because it's your captain, I mean, you've still got to kind of hold him just the same accountability for – because, I mean, that was a huge turning point in the game. Yeah. And you've got to, you've got to hold the defense accountable. Uh, I had a lot of people in my mentions last night on Twitter say that, well, the pass defense wasn't terrible. What the – at times when he threw passes and they had him complete, yeah, it was terrible. Because uh, there was some – that guy was throwing up some lame ducks, and, and Arkansas couldn't defend them. And then when they did defend them, uh, they were getting uh, 10, 15, 20 yards into the catch, too. And so that's a big struggle. And a lot of that has to do with, with the yak yardage is the missed tackles, the broken tackles by the A&M players. Because Arkansas, man, they're just not wrapping up like they had been. And guys like Porter – I mean, uh, like uh, Bumper Pool. Uh, last night he missed one on the sideline and, and those are tackles that bumper pulls not usually missing and so he's missed a couple of those uh Hudson Clark he barely he got lucky on one deep ball and was able to recover but I want to I want to commend the guy before we go to break that uh that fade route that A&M threw that guy defended it perfectly I wanted to tweet out Hood Island because it was the exact neck uh, the the neck very next play of that drive and Hudson Clark goes out there and defends the pass perfectly. And, look, the guy's a walk-on, and the guy takes a lot of crap for uh, his play. But, man, he puts his heart and soul on the line and puts blood, sweat, and tears on the field with every single snap. Total respect for Hudson Clark and what he's been able to do as a Razorback. Yeah, and then that's the thing. You know, as much as he gets, you know, people get on him. I mean, he's sitting there and he's – continuing to be better he's continuing to hold yeah. the fort down doing the best he can for what what you know you know he's not an all-american by no means but still yet he he could no. be an sec caliber type person you know i mean he could be that if he had yeah. a couple of good games i mean that's all it takes yeah. we look at how he got a scholarship he had that one huge massive game where he had all the interceptions and they put him on scholarship so i mean all it takes yeah. and the hate on him you know and the hate on him's people's got to realize you know with, with slutcher this was his first game back like 
for him, this mm-hmm. is his first game back. That's what he did. I mean, they you held he him to – You know, the, the, the thing is, yeah, we talk about the passing yards. He only had 151 yards passing, 11 for 21. Yep. And a touchdown. So, it ain't like they, they burn him. You know, the, the only one that really got him was the running back. He had 100 and uh, – he had 163 yards. yards gain. Yeah. And that was that was um, a Cheney. I guess that's how you pronounce his name. But yeah, A-Chain. 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 But, but, I mean, that was what burned you. You're so worried about – so you can take – there is some positives that you could take into this Alabama game. But, like I said, after the break, we will bring up – we'll come and lead in with the rankings. Keep the comments coming again. If you didn't say nothing on our Facebook page, when we come back from break, we're going to talk about the rankings. Give us your thoughts on too far, not enough, and and if why, and we'll give our thoughts after the break. Do you need those pesky stumps ground before the winter? Your pasture brush hogged or need your driveway bladed? Here at Grindit Ride Outdoor Services, we offer more than just stump grinding. We have recently expanded our business to include tractor work as well. So along with stump grinding, we offer bush hogging, land clearing, grading driveways, placing, and even spreading gravel. We are locally owned and operated, so call Danny today for a free quote at 205-377-2662 or 479-530-1641. Again, that is 205-377-2662 or 479-530-1641. Shelby Taylor Trucking serves all your timberland needs in South Central Arkansas. With over 50 years in the industry, Shelby Taylor Trucking has established themselves as trustworthy leaders in the industry. From planting to harvesting to hauling your timber, Shelby Taylor Trucking is ready to serve you. Follow them on all social media platforms at Shelby Taylor Trucking. Learn more by visiting their website at staylortrucking.com. That's staylortrucking.com. If you want the best service and prices in Northwest Arkansas and Southwest Missouri for all your plumbing and electrical needs, then look no further than Corey Hyman, the plumbing electrical supply guy. Corey's in full steam ahead and providing the best electrical, plumbing, and septic supply service around. So call Corey at 479-301-8220 or email him at chyneman, that's H-I-N-D-M-A-N, at andersonp.com. Again, that is 479-301-8220. McCoy Tiger Drug Store of Sheridan, Arkansas has been the top pharmacy in all of South Central Arkansas since 1895. They were also the 2020 Good Neighbor Pharmacy of the Year. They not only fix you up with your prescription with timely and friendly service, but also an elite gift shop. All your OTC needs, baby and wedding registries, tuxedo rentals, and much more. They're located at 821 North Rock Street in Sheridan. Give them a call today at 870-942-5121. And we want to welcome you back to the Hog Talk podcast. And we did see, you know, the rankings come out in Arkansas. Some said it was 20. Some said it was 19. I believe it was actually the 19 they fell. Um the AP coaches come out. So um, there was a lot of confusion on everybody seeing this big drop. Everybody, you know, and especially with the OU loss. Everybody just was comparing the two teams, the two losses. And to me, you know, Jacob, I'll let you go first on what, what you thought about the ranking and, and if you thought it was too big of a drop and, and what was your take on it? I thought they should have at least fallen to maybe 16 or 17. And I think Arkansas's a. I think I think the uh, fall to number nineteen or twenty, whatever it is, was kind of an overreaction from the Busters. Uh, and they Arkansas played a ranked team at a neutral site and lost by two. Oklahoma, on the other hand, lost to a unranked Kansas State team that lost to Tulane the week before. And at one point, Oklahoma was down by 14 points at home inside Sooner Stadium. And they dropped 10 spots, too, but they dropped the 16th. Why, though, do you penalize a team like Arkansas that was number 10 in the country uh, that was playing pretty good ball, 
that lost by two, why do you drop them further than you do Oklahoma, who lost to another team at home? That's my question. I think Arkansas deserved to drop in the rankings, but I don't think they deserved to drop further than uh, uh, Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma should, should be behind them, quite frankly. But uh, that's just my opinion, man. We, 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 we forget the week before. And they were shown grace. Oh, yeah. They were shown a lot yeah. of grace. And I was on here saying I didn't agree with it, but we could see why they were still ranked number 10 because 11, 12, and 13 lost. lost behind them. Yeah. So you come off of a loss or a, a tight win. It needed a punt return and then to put the game away against Missouri State. Then yeah. you lose to a team who you were laughing at, mocking, just got beat by App State. Yeah. They needed a prayer to win their game last week. So that is the reason why you look on a two-game stretch of what you did. You escaped against Missouri State, and you lost to a team should they have been ranked at all. Now they did deserve it because they beat a top-10 team, thanks to Arkansas. But you, if you want to compare you know, the apples to oranges or what happened to OU compared to Arkansas, I mean – Kansas State plays OU just as tough as Texas A&M plays Arkansas. I mean, that was the fifth time that an unranked Kansas State team has beat a ranked Oklahoma team. We focus on the SEC part of it because we're an SEC area. But Kansas State plays them tough. Yeah. They beat them a couple of years ago. I mean, it's not like that this was some FCS school. Now, if this would have been Kansas State at Wichita or whatever – and, and they beat OU, I could see that. But, but you got to call a spade a spade when it comes to your – you got a lot – you got very lucky that you were even a top-10 team because name one other top – If when I say top-10 team, name one other number-10 ranked team that plays against an FCS school, squeaks one out, and they still stay in the top-10. You should have dropped to 13th or 14th after that. You know what I'm saying? Oklahoma State. Yeah, but where'd they Oklahoma end up? Oklahoma State last year. Yeah. But, I mean, it's just they, – They ended up in yeah. the top ten. Yeah. But, but still, Oklahoma State did the same thing last year that Arkansas had to do this season. Mm-hmm. And, and, you, and you – I mean, you didn't drop them after they lost uh, uh, a couple of weeks later. I think it was against Baylor. They dropped to probably 13 or 14. They didn't just dramatically drop. Did, did they, they lose you know, to an FCS school the week dropped. before? They did not. They played Missouri State, and they won by seven at yeah. home. So, I mean, you can so, see I mean, the parallels of why it happened. Do, but, yeah. again, I'm going to spin this just the way I did last week. Am I agreeing right. with that Arkansas should be the 20th or 19th ranked team in the nation? No, I'm not saying that. I'm telling you why I think the AP and the coaches poll, you look at – they look at the scoreboard – a lot of these coaches, yeah. they either ha- they're either voting or they got their SID voting for them. They're looking at score. Arkansas, yeah. man, Arkansas squeaked that one out against Missouri State. Yeah, they might know the bylines of it, knowing it was Bobby Petrino and his return. Of course, they see it in the headlines. But they seen that Missouri State gave Arkansas all they wanted, and then this week you had the game in hand. You're up fourteen nothing. You let them come back and tie it up, and then you just could not recover. So that's why I see them. Plus, there was a lot of other upsets. I mean, there was a lot of upsets that happened. So that was another when we talk about did they deserve to drop as much as they did. I personally don't think so because it was so many other teams that lost as well. So it's almost like where do you yeah. put them? You know, I mean, I would see 15, 16. But then again. That's where I thought too. And, and the, the biggest reason why I don't think it's fair that they dropped all the way to 20 is because, because you got Bama coming up. And if they lose to Bama, are they going to just completely fall out of the top 25 rankings? I mean, to me, that's not fair. You know, I, I see the rankings a lot differently than some people do. I mean, if you're per se the 20th ranked team in, in the country and you play the second or third best team in the nation, you play them close, I don't think you should drop at all. Because that's yeah. what's supposed to happen. The 20th ranked team in the nation is supposed to get beat by the third. So it's almost like if you play within, and I'm not saying a moral victory by any means, but I don't think you should be punished for doing something that you were supposed to do, which is to lose, say, by a touchdown or two. Now, if you get blown out 63 to nothing, then yes, you, you need to 
if you've lost I mean, two in a row and then you had that showing against Missouri State, then yes. But that's the biggest point I wanted to get into is the reason why that uh, people are in uproar because they see two teams side by side and what happened. That's why they got dropped to 20th. Yeah. And, and you know, Arkansas, I mean, they've had to deal with this for years, man. When, when they – finally getting the rankings and and this was a different type of deal uh as far as like being in the top 10 because you got all the way up to eighth last year i think it might have been an overreaction to arkansas just completely annihilating texas and then being uh a and by 10 two weeks later i think that it was kind of a uh an over over uh reaction as far as arkansas going all the way to number eight going into the georgia the next week y'all I mean, you had game day in in athens and and then Arkansas just gets stopped 38 to zero. Um, but this time, you know, being in the top 10 is different. This, this Arkansas team was, is better. They are more, uh, they were way more talented up and down this roster than last year, especially on offense. Defense, they've, they've been, they've been better on the front end, but worse on the back end. I think a lot of it has to go with, uh, losing Mo Brown. I think Joe Fouché and Greg Brooks being on is, is rough. Because you had guys that were sure tacklers in the open field, uh, but man, going into this Alabama game, is Alabama going to be overlooking Arkansas this week? That is a good question for her. I think uh, I don't think under Nick Saban, I don't think he underestimates any team going into any game. But where are his players' minds going to be at? Because I mean, the, so far this year, who they opened went up with? They opened up with Utah State. They had uh, UL Mon- uh, Monroe in week two, uh, and then they they played uh, – who did they play yesterday? Vanderbilt? Yeah, they had Vanderbilt. the opener. They haven't really been tested this year. Well, they are, are they the next three games. Game ready to roll. They, they, I mean, they yeah. are the next three games. They got Arkansas, and then they got A&M, and then Tennessee. So, I mean, that they got a three-game stretch. No, I don't think what for one bit that Saban's going to overlook Arkansas – for the same aspect of what I said before the break, Arkansas always plays them tough. Yeah. Sam Pittman is yeah. a respectable coach. He's this is a respected team. This isn't the fluke team anymore that you know when you win sixty to thirty three or sixty three thirty three or whatever the score was a few years back. Yeah, you know this is yeah. a team yeah. that he knows that he's got a he's got a huge test coming into this because. He's going to have his guys battle tested because after that game, they play Arkansas. They play at Arkansas, home against Al- or home against Texas A&M, and then they go to Tennessee. So it's away, home away. Yeah. So no, they and they got a pretty tough schedule. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Well, I mean, even after that, you got Mississippi State and then LSU, then Ole Miss. I mean, Alabama. Yeah. We we talk about these stretches. I mean, just think about this stretch. If Ark, I mean, in Arkansas plays in the West, so it's kind of the same. But you got Arkansas, A and M, Tennessee, Mississippi State, LSU, Ole Miss. That's a yeah. huge stretch for any team, and you're the yeah. first game into it. So no, I, I don't think that um, you can give it away. And I want to, um, we'll break away. I kind of want to change topics just for a quick second, but I want to bring yeah, go ahead. this Arkansas Hogs. Did you know Arkansas had a fishing team? No, I did the not. The Arkansas Hogs. I found them on Facebook, liked them, been following some of their stuff, and I believe they do a kayak fishing league. If they want to drop another comment in the comment sections, but I think they did the kayak fishing league, and they was out in Virginia doing a playoffs, and they ended up coming up short. But we'll definitely be following them in the future. And their shirt, I love that bass with the with the state of Arkansas. So. The new and up-and-coming, new, new brand-new Arkansas team we can start following. Everybody, if you any, if you like fishing, you know, go follow the Arkansas Hogs. It's it's kind of a it, – it's really cool to sit there and, you know, watch these guys, you know, and, and you, the things you just come across. The Arkansas yeah. – the, the fans, like, like the hockey team and the rugby team, you know, the things that are Arkansas-related but they're not affiliated with the University of Arkansas. So I thought that was really cool that – they commented because I've been wanting to bring that up. And also, I have to give a special – I forgot to do this on the Wednesday show, but I want to give a special shout-out to the Special Olympics of Arkansas. Um, 
sent me a banner. Yeah. Um, very close to me. I love my, that. My, my son, he's in the Special my Olympics. And I have to say, between that banner and his silver medal, that tops anything I have in my room. Um, my, my son got to compete in the Special Olympics and track and bowlings. And he's going to be actually in the regionals at Fort Smith. Uh, doing the regional bowling tournament, and if he advances, they go to state, and which him and his stepbrother got second in state in the uh, what they call unified Special Olympics, where he has a partner. So big shout out to my son. Hopefully he yeah. he comes home. I told I got him I got a tattoo the last time uh, he he won. So I told him if uh, he 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 brings me another medal that I can hang up in my office, I'll, I'll get him another tattoo. And <laughs> so it was really cool. It's it's awesome. my team with the puzzle piece, autism puzzle pieces. I'm sure you've kind of seen it, but I love showing this thing yeah. off. This is my pride and joy. So, um, but yeah, big big shout out yeah. to the people, the the volunteers and these kids. And I don't know um, if anybody has ever had a chance to go to one of these events, any sport. I'm telling you, it's it's, it's a life changer yeah. because. These kids have so much joy, and I mean, it changed my life forever. I mean, I started this in 19 yeah. with, with watching the Special Olympics and going to these events. So I really want to appreciate Meredith Stewart yeah. at Ozark for hooking me up with this. And it, it's, a, it's one of my newest prized yeah. possessions here in the, in the uh, Hyman, the Electrical Supply Guy Studios. Yeah, my sister also competes. My sister and uh, two of my cousins compete in Special Olympics. I have a uh, I have a sister with Down syndrome and two cousins with Down syndrome. So Special Olympics has got close to my heart, too, seeing the smile on their faces where they compete at regionals or state. And my cousin Sonia, about 20 years ago, competed in the World Special Olympics over in Ireland. Uh, that was a special That's thing, awesome. too. So, yeah, man, Special Olympics is real close to my heart, too. Yep. And I love seeing being able to see those kids compete because they deserve it, too, uh, and being able to be cheered and, and loved on. It's awesome to see. Uh, I've been going to state Special Olympics in Searcy for years, going back to 2004, 2005 when I was a kid. I've been going to them every year, and that's it's fun being able to go up there and volunteer to oh, yeah. uh, my time. It's, it's awesome. I'm trying to go uh, this past year. They had a couple from Ozark. They went to the uh, U.S., the, the games down in Disneyland, and um, a girl from Ozark got to be the ambassador for Arkansas, and, of course, her teacher, Meredith, Got oh, to go down cool. there with, and I uh, I want to say that the softball team even got they got second there. So the softball yeah. team ended up getting second place there at the U.S. Games or the World. I think it was the World Games at Disneyland. But in four years, I'm going to try to go down there to Disneyland and 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 be a volunteer because I'm telling you, between like the autism awareness stuff and the Special Olympics, you know, Children's Hospital, those three things are very personable to me and i would love to be able to give back and be able to sponsor some of those events yeah there's nothing like it man i I, i'm glad that you're uh just as passionate about it as as i am too. oh yeah it's a cool thing it's really cool and if you've never been i'm gonna tell all the people watching right now if you've never been to special olympics like a, a meet for whether it's in your region or whether it's in the state at cersei in the uh on memorial day weekend you need to go yeah. Go out there and just watch them for a minute. It'll it'll warm your heart. Yeah. And I didn't mean to get on the rabbit hole. It just kind of, you know, come to me, you hey, know, with, with the cool. whole thing. But, man, it was just it, – it's one of the things oh. that, you know, it, it, it just touches you and I want to get immersed in it and involved in it. I, I love everything about it to be able to help these kids out. And, of course, with, you know, the Arkansas Hogs and the, the kayak bass anglers and just the people who – they're fans and they have unique names and they have things that – you know, not everybody gets into. They don't get the publicity that other things, other the people do. So that's that's been our biggest deal. What we want to do here, but I guess we'll get back to the game. And oh, we have Jermaine Funnyman Johnson coming up Wednesday to really help us break down the game. Um, unfortunately, he uh, did move us back to bacon bits um, in his that's latest video. So um, we will happily we'll we'll have to definitely discuss that uh, on Wednesday when he comes on. But get, look, I've been following him since fifteen sixteen. Um, he done a he's a big Alabama fan. Been doing these reactions. Uh, it's how Alabama fans watched Week Two of the SEC, and then when Clemson and Alabama started having their rivalry in the in the playoffs, and that's when I really started following him because I just come across his video one day. So 
It's been really cool to finally be able to get him on. We've been trying for a couple of years to get him on. So it's going to be a great episode to break down the Alabama game and to uh, get his perspective of why he dropped us back down to bacon bits. So, I mean, we, we resent honey uh, we him. we got to convince him. Yeah, we'll, we'll we talk to him about him. it. We'll talk to him about it. We'll, yeah, absolutely. But, but, man, uh, there's, man, there's a lot of good things going on. Uh, I, I think uh, – we got a lot of fun, uh, fun couple of weeks coming up, and especially with Funny Man. I, I'm looking forward to seeing that. That's that's a cool thing. Like you, I, you don't think about it uh, having him on, and then you get the chance to have him on, and it's just kind of exciting. So I encourage everybody to uh, subscribe to the show, get on here, listen, share our podcast on Facebook, Twitter, uh, retweet us, uh, whatever, uh, whatever podcast platform you're listening on. Share our podcast, get our uh, get our work out there for uh, all of Razorback Nation to to listen to. And, and talking about good things going on in Arkansas right now, we got the volleyball team coming off a 3-1 win yeah. over Ole Miss. Bouncing back, they you know, had a lot of hype. They got ranked for the first time in, since 2015, since Coach Jason Watson's been there, and, and dropped a heartbreaker to LSU. Bounced back 3-1 against Ole Miss. So I think they'll stay ranked. They might drop them out. But to me, they deserve to still be ranked. This team has two top 10 wins. So that, to me, warrants them. I think just, you know, this team's never tasted this kind of success before. You know, they're getting on Five News. They're getting on Pig Trail Nation. They're getting, you know, on the hog pod. And getting all this recognition with Jill and Taylor, Maggie, you know, all the players that have been really performing for this team and one of the deepest teams Coach Watson's ever had – so, you know, I kind of gave them a mulligan for that one because then, like I said, they come around, turn around, and, and beat a really good Ole Miss team. And then, of course, another big win for Colby Hill on the soccer team. one nothing against my hated team, South Carolina. So, again, anytime South Carolina loses everything, I give them an extra clap. But another team coming off a, a SEC opening loss to Mississippi State. Uh, Mississippi State was undefeated. They're the number one team in the conference right now. Arkansas was picked second. To finish in the SEC, so they went out to Columbia and um, was actually outshot eight to five, but uh, they ended up getting a goal by Aver Tankersley. Um, so this is another team that is on the rise again. Softball—they're having their fall series. They're doing Razorbacks Unlimited, and they're hosting a couple of teams at the end of the month. Women's basketball will get going. Their open camp starts this week, and I'm telling you. You're going to start hearing about them in a couple of weeks on the Hog Talk podcast because this is going to be – this is one of the most exciting teams I've seen. I got to go watch them a couple of weeks in practice. You got Miriam Dowda back. She, you know, she redshirted last year because of her knee. And I'm telling you, once you see her mid-range, you're going to be very, very impressed. She was deadly from mid-range. Sailor Poffenbarger from UConn coming over getting to, you know, her eligibility. And, of course, Michaela Daniels is a senior, which is going to be special to me because this will be one of the things I've followed her and, and covered the team since her freshman year. So she's a senior this year. So it's going to be my first freshman to senior kind of interaction of, of following a player. But don't get too down on the hogs because I'm telling you what, man, it's just going to get better and better with all the sports going on. Of course, you got men's basketball, yeah. one of the most highly anticipated teams since you know the national championship team so of course you we've said this many times we need the football program to kind of be successful to kind of bring everything together but man, i i can't wait it's gonna be a busy busy time for me but i'm ready for it now the rumor is that Dalda last fall was was putting up 45 points in scrimmages now I don't know how true that is, but I heard she was lighting it up after she finally uh, was able to get on the court and practice. I can neither confirm nor deny that, but I'm telling you what I seen in practice, and she had two people in her face from that elbow and was just drilling it. I mean, she didn't miss. I don't think she missed a single shot from the elbow. Free throw run extended elbow. She's just got this little. Yeah cocking her shot that where she cocks it back and then just releases it. And I'm telling you, it's you don't realize how tall they are until you go to these practices. You know, you see right. them on TV, but I'm telling you, with, with Sailor and Jersey and Miriam, I mean, it, it, they're – and even Emory, uh, Emory Ellis, you know, they've got some height this year. 
And they did last and year. My wife, my wife is six foot tall. And, you know, being like, <laughs> I'm, I'm seeing the girls on the basketball team walking around and I'm thinking, mm-hmm. Mercy, Percy, yeah. like, you're taller than my wife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, well, you got three that's pushing six four, you know. So, yeah, I mean, I like mean, you got, and growing. Uh, you got Jersey. Uh, yep. Jersey's six five at least, I think. Man, she. The, this team last year, I mean, even though they went 19 and 14 last year overall, they overachieved. I mean, yeah. they were. They weren't expected to do much. They weren't even expected to uh, compete in the SEC and still made it to the SEC or NCAA tournament. So, this team with a year of extra experience, and like you said, Dowda and and Poppenberger being on the court this year, I'm really excited to see what the girls are going to be able to do this season just because they uh, they got me excited last year, the year before that, and I'm really excited to see what uh, Mike's got them, uh, what he can do with this team this year. Well, yeah, it's going to be a very important year because you're coming off two one and done. So you get beat by Wright State, then yeah. you get beat by Utah, and, and having an even better squad. So there's going to be some pressure to get past that first round, to get to that sweet 16 yeah. round of 32 you know, it, it's going to, you know, you can't have the team that you have lose first round and not expect, you know, to for, for people to sit there and be, you know, disappointed, especially with the talent you've got around you. There's, th- this is the deepest team yeah. he's ever had. You know, they are lacking when it comes to if, if the one thing that just that true three-point threat when you have with That's Amber Ramirez. Um, but yeah. I'm telling you right now, I mean, Michaela Daniels has just had to been a facilitator and a point guard, but she scored over 30 points in her freshman season. I mean, she can take it to the rack. She loves getting that contact, taking to the rack. And then along with you've got Emery, she was hitting from outside. Dowda, free throw line extended. I mean, Aaron Barnum coming in. Jersey, you know, this team. And then you had the girl from uh, Carr from Syracuse. You had the – you know, I mean, they – it. She could end up being one of the best players on the team that nobody's talking is about. Car, she's, is Car the one that's the small guard? She's the is, yeah. Is she's that, the one from that, Syracuse. That she was like a spark. I mean, there was times that with her, with her being small, she was able to get to the basket. I mean, on I mean, and and maybe I'm not thinking of the same girl. No, because this There's is her one, first year playing. Okay. There was another girl last year. She was a, she was smaller. I just can't remember her name. Uh, she. We had Michaela Daniels. Then you had Aaron Barnum. Then you had. Yeah. Um, she was a freshman last year. If I'm. If oh, I'm, you're talking about Langerman, Riley, defensive dog. No, it wasn't Riley. No, it wasn't Riley. Then you had Hughes, Avery Hughes. She's senior. I'm gonna have to just do. Yeah, my you research. got because you got me stumped because the only the only yeah. really like the you know the the freshman that really got a lot of minutes when it come to you yeah. know the guard it was it was Langerman you know she did really good last year yeah. so I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna text I'm gonna text you later because I'm I got to figure this out maybe I'm thinking <laughs> of two years ago you might have been I'm, because I mean la- the two years ago you know. Um, because Michaela Daniels is a, a senior this year, but yeah, yeah, we'll get to it later. <laughs> I'm wasting time. No, you're you're fine. <laughs> we, we still got some time left, but um, oh, yeah, yeah, it, it's just a it's a great time to be a Razorback fan. Um, I'm loving every bit of it, and I know Arkansas. Of course, you know you're you're down with this loss, but you can already tell a difference between last night, this morning, and then even tonight. You know, it's kind of calmed down a little bit when it comes to. And I think that's what, you know, why they call them fans or fanatics, you know. So it's almost yep. like a 24-hour rule. You kind of got to step away, catch your breath, everything's going to be all right, and then proceed into the next game. So, I mean, it, it's that's just what you got to do. And and one thing, yeah, like, so I'm used to doing uh, things on my own time. And so now that I work with Saturday Down South, they put deadlines out. And I was so freaking mad after the loss last night. I'm, I told Kaylin and we're laying in bed. I'm thinking, I've got this deadline that I've got to meet, and I don't even know what to write about. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was so hard. I was so mad. It was so hard to find something to write about. And I had to write two stories, and it was it was rough. Yeah. Like, that was probably and, – and, like, I don't know if I mentioned it earlier. I don't think I did. This loss – 
Texas A&M stung different. And I think I did say it earlier because you win, you you go into games now expecting to win, and that, instead of man, I hope we can beat Texas A&M. I hope we can beat LSU. I hope we can beat these teams. Now you go with the expectation, and that's the thing that Sam Pittman has changed with this culture is it's not about we hope, it's all about the expectations. And and I'm I am proud to say that that's why this loss stung a lot more than any loss before. Yeah. And you could tell it on the players' faces. You tell it on fans and stuff. But, no, it's just – it, to me, it's just the fact that you, you've got to kind of accept the loss and move on with it because yeah. that, it's just the, the hangover. You can't – you know, it's almost like the older you get, the worse the hangovers are. You know, you can't have that hangover coming into the game like the assistant appointment did. So, but the player you're talking about, Samara Spencer, she was actually the freshman player yes. of the year in the SEC. Another yes. dog. I mean, that's. A, I was thinking of Riley, and I was like, no, I'm missing somebody. But how could you I forget the freshman? Spencer, yeah, it was Samara Spencer. Yeah. You know, and yeah, because she was a spark plug. Yeah, but I mean, they're all coming back. That's the thing. You, you, they're so deep that how how could I sit there and, and leave out the freshman player of the year? You know, it, it, that's how deep this team is when you're looking down the roster, and so. But yeah, that is one of the and the guard that they're going to sit there and and be able to two guard it, and sometimes even three guard because you're going to have the the height, you know. But they're going to be able. That's what's going to be a good thing about it is you're going to have people to help, you know, because Jersey's not a true five. She's tall, but she's more of a four. So that's where right. Dowd is going to come in because I'll tell you what, they really missed uh, Taylor. You know, last year that that true inside rebounding threat. Yeah. So, really interested to see again that camp fall camp starts this week. They're having an open practice on Thursday, along with the softball. Soccer comes in on Thursday. Volleyball's in mid-season form. So, again, if you're not getting out to these games, the soccer stadium, of course, you know they just put the chair backs and the cup holders and breaking. Uh, Semi-breaking news, I did mention this past week that they they were in the works of, um, before we go real quick, they were in the works of doing a joint soccer-softball facility, but from what I was told that the U of A did not want to block off that street that was in between Bud Walton and the practice facility, the, the road that goes in, uh, in between um, right there, the softball field and where Bud Walton yeah. Arena is. So what they're going to do is they're going to add on to the softball um, complex where the indoor facility is and then where the concession stand is my understanding I have not seen the the plans yet this is just from what I was told I'm, I'm in the process of getting all the details of it but from what my understanding is they're going to put the offices there they're going to put a locker room there because right now the coaches don't even have a place to go to the bathroom the Players don't even have a locker room. They don't have anything. Everything's off-site. Everything is off away. And if you know where the soccer field is, it's on the far south part of the campus. So they have to go all the way up to their their building where their offices is. So it's going to be nice, you know, especially when you're back-to-back-to-back SEC champions, to be, you know, Coach Hale is one of the ones that if, if nobody has deserved to get the contract extension in the facilities that guy has deserved it so it's really good that hunter Yurchek is putting you know he's investing in the women's sports just as much as he is the men and that's that's big thing for me too yeah and that, and then before we go uh i know we're running a past an hour i want to thank all the fans uh, that do watch our show uh y'all have y'all have been there from the beginning and, and it just uh really means a lot because uh, I, I see our numbers, I see our stats, and it shows that we are uh, what we're putting into this thing, contributing on both sides. Because we do a lot of stuff on on both ends. You got sports and culture. I've got Arkansas fighting Saturday down south, and we put a lot of work into being us too, uh, doing a podcast every week. We've got twenty seven thousand people that follow us on Facebook, and I think we have like fifty thousand people that follow us all in between on all social media platforms. Uh, thank you, every single one of you. Uh, it means a lot, uh, and and we hope we continue to grow. We want to be uh, continue being one of the largest, and probably not just the largest, uh, independent Razorback uh, fan made content around. Because I think we are. I'm. Yep. I mean, you look around. 
there's nobody that's touching us right well, now. Well, and then and when it comes to, I, I won't, yeah, well, I mean, yeah. it, that covers the sports that we try to cover every Everything. single thing. You know, I know yeah. I leave out swim, dive, and the tennis, and I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I do leave out. I'm not going to sit here and say that. I cover every single sport. I cover every single sport that I that I can and I can get to. And I'm trying to reach at you know get more involved in the tennis and the swim and dive, in the track and field. But no, I mean it's easy you know to do the big three, but you yeah. know the consistency of the four years that we've done this and being able to cover all big three sports and then reach out and do what we've done with the women's side and really kind of stamp our name on that part of the university, you know, that's what I, I hang my hat on. And I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay of knowing that because we're a podcast, we'll, we'll never get the, the credentials or get to cover the, the big sports. That's fine with me. I mean, I'm cool. We can, we can watch it on TV and talk about it every, every Sunday and Wednesday. But to, to be able to make the waves and get to the players and the coaches of these programs – when you walk into a room and they appreciate you that you're there. Coach Watson loves every time the media is in there. Coach Hale loves it. Coach Diefel, Coach Neighbors, Coach Weber, you know, all these programs that they they want the coverage. And there's only so much people that can go around. And this is not a dig at anybody because when you're on this side of it, you understand that there's only so many people to go around that has to cover all the sports. So us yeah. being able to come in on the backside and be able to give that coverage that a lot of these people can't get to, it, it's prideful to us that we're able to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Man, Porter, I'll let you close it up, man. I don't all right. Anything else. Yeah, I'm, I, we're good. That was another episode of the Hog Talk podcast. Again, we're going to push it, push it, push it. But on Wednesday, be sure to tune in. It's going to be a new time. It's going to be 7 o'clock Central Time. So tune in at 7 o'clock on Wednesday, and we will catch you then. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.